Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry, joined today by Max and Terry. Uh, guys, um, Derby weekend approacheth. Um, it's going to be kind of a weird one for me, I'll go ahead and tell you. I'm running a, a 5K on Saturday, and then the game is on Sunday, which is great timing, by the way. Because imagine if it was on Saturday and I was having to run a 5K and immediately turn around and watch a damn derby. I, I couldn't do that at all, think. It would be kind of tough. No, um, imagine the pain that you're going to be in and then add that to the fact we're probably going to get stuffed 4-0 or something. <laughs> like, that'll hurt, Jerry. I think that one's going me. Uh, so, so uh, I'm not sure if we're going to have the same uh, optimism that Max is bringing uh, throughout this entire show, but we'll see. Uh, so, guys, a, a little bit of etiquette, though, in terms of wearing Everton gear at public things. I was thinking about wearing something Everton-based during my 5K just to kind of represent because it's Derby weekend, okay? Now, I've got a pair of Everton shorts, like, like those Lecoq Sportif shorts, you know, the ones uh, from, gosh, I feel like it was almost 10 years ago. Uh, they're, they're white, and they got the old logo on it, and it's kind of rad. I run in those a lot, but I hesitate to wear anything more than just a pair of shorts. How ridiculous is it to try to wear a, a shirt during a race? Does that look, is that like full kit wanker? Nah, that's not bad. You know bad. what I mean? That's not bad, bro. Are they, are, they, are they like footy shorts or training shorts? Well, they're sort of, they they've got, got that they inner got lining. Have they got pockets? They don't have pockets. Mm, no pockets. No go for me. You need to have pockets. Yeah. See, I, I don't like running with anything in my pockets. So I give all my stuff to my wife and everything. And so running in those without pockets is fine for me. Mm. Now nah, the training shorts are good because you, you you need the pockets, man. Especially these yeah. these. I don't have any of those. Got zips, the great. Every single mm. year when Umbro do the big fire sale at the end of the year, every single <laughs> pair of training shorts gets purchased. Mm-hmm. Do they? So I've heard people mention that before. See, I don't have any of that. I think these are just straight footy shorts, and that's all I've got. So it's either wear those or like an other pair of soccer shorts that doesn't even have lining. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have no running equipment except for running shoes. So I don't know. I want to I want to figure out like how is it like really like faux pas to like sport like a an Everton shirt like a jersey? You know, like a that's fine. You know what I'm? I okay, fine. is it? Yeah, ah. it's not if you're just going like to the shop, but it's fine to run in a marathon. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Because what I was what I was hesitant to do is to like do that and then take a selfie and go, "Hey guys, look at this!" And y'all are just sitting there shaking your head like, "What the hell is Jerry doing?" Mm. You know, because mm. because I, I would think that that would happen often uh, if we go with my instincts. So uh, anyway, um, so are either one of you guys going to the match this weekend? I went there twice last season. I don't fancy going again. Oh, not me. So, my wife and I are going to, like, a pub with other Everton supporters, and there's going to be Liverpool supporters there, 
I've never watched an Everton game like this before. It might might be different in America. That 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 scenario would be hell on earth if it was over <laughs> here. But it might not be as bad in America. See, I'm I'm used to watching in my living room, where it's I can focus. It's a it's a safe place. I can actually watch the football. Mm. I can actually think about what's happening, and I usually am not having a beer. You know what I mean? At this place, it'll be like 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. They're going to be opening just for this group to go in there and watch the game. And I'm probably going to have to have a beer. And it's probably going to be a lot of people talking. And I'm worried I'm not going to be able to focus. And if, let's say, we play like shit, yeah. Mm. Then I'm going to have the Liverpool supporters like right there. Like right there in my face. Nah, where's one I ever had was, you know, when the, the infamous Mane 90 plus 4 that one, that derby from a few years back. Uh, when um, yeah, I, I was in Amsterdam for that, watching it in a pub in Amsterdam. Um, and because we, we were in the game, weren't we? For you know the large part of it, and um, you know it was me and me other mates who was an Evertonian in there. And um, other than that, you wouldn't suspect there were any really football fans in the in the uh, in the pub. Next thing, when that goal goes in, you get like a whole like section of these foreigners standing up cheering, and you're just like, oh, get me out of here. Ridiculous. See, I I was looking forward to it a little bit just because of the energy, you know, just the idea of because this is probably the closest thing we have to actually going going the game here mm. is actually gathering together and watching the game together on TV. So I was a little bit excited about it, but now I'm starting to worry about the weird discomforts of no, you'll you know, be, you'll be fine. You might get derby nerves where it's like stomach wrench and stuff I, in the morning. I, like you, you think, oh, and every single it's the most tense game you'll ever watch when you're around like other supporters because you just know if if you're at home and you concede, at least you can sort of hide behind the couch and you'd be in your yeah. base. Whereas if you're around everyone else, not only does it happen and it it hits you in the guts anyway, everyone else, like the others jump up and cheer and it just twists the knife so much. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be my concern. I feel for you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I, I totally know the Derby nerves you're talking about. Like last year, I had to watch it. We were out of town. And we were visiting my buddy Devin, and I we were having to watch like on my computer, and it was the game where I think we we ended up drawing one one. And the, the the penalty at the end with uh, DCL drawing the penalty. and Like, it was the worst game ever to watch. It was mm. so tough to watch because, because it, was, it was us constantly like, not in the face, not in the face, you know, just repeatedly. And then when we got that, we drew that PK, I like went over to a display cabinet and I shocked everyone in the room by like humping the display cabinet. And it was, <laughs> I was so happy that we had gotten a penalty. It didn't even occur to me that we might miss it. Mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it was, uh, honestly though, I, I am excited. I am excited, nervous, all that stuff. It's, it's neat to feel like, you know, I don't think it's going to feel like last year exactly, which is nice. Because that feeling sucked. So now that we've gotten all that out of the way, a uh, quick summary of what's happening this show uh, for the podcast, uh, we're going to start with a Derby match preview. Yeah, that's that's what's supposed to be there. Then we're going to go to starting eleven. Who do we think uh, Silva's going to go with? Then we'll uh, I'll, I'll probably let these guys take a lead on uh, memorable Derby heroes, 
because frankly, with my fledgling Everton uh, supporter experience, uh, it's not as in-depth. I don't have a lot of memorable Derby heroes to like rattle off. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll finish with If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz show that will pit Terry versus Max in a matchup, a cage match of Everton wit and might. Um, it'll be a number conundrum, guys, so get your calculators ready. Max, you being in the state you, that you're in right now, happy maths. Uh, Why'd you do this thing? Uh, I did not. Quizmaster John, by the way. Again? Put me off on the wrong foot already. Ah, oh, you'll be okay. So, Derby match preview. Um, currently, the Shite are second in the league, 33 points. They're 10-3, and they haven't lost a game uh, in, in the league. They did... Uh, this week lose to PSG two one, um, and their the only goal they got was a, was a penalty. Um, so there's that. Uh, they before that they beat Watford three nil, beat Fulham two nil, and lost to Red Star two nil. I normally only go three games back, but sorry, losing to Red Star needs to be mentioned. Just saying. <laughs> um, so um, as we know, guys, Henderson is banned for this one, um, which. Some will argue is a bad thing for us. Uh, Terry, let's get a, get us started off. Uh, how do you see this this going? And then we'll give Max a turn, and then I'll talk about the possible starters for them. Talk about their form right now. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult one, really, because um, they've been winning a lot. Like they, they're still obviously undefeated this season. They've won a lot of games, but they're not playing at their best. Like they were sort of better last season when they were just absolutely blowing every team they played away whereas they're sort of like grinding the results out at the minute like don't get me wrong they're not struggling in many of the games because they're not really you know apart from Man City earlier in the season they're not really coming up against the best of the best just yet and when they did they played Arsenal and that was the one they came the closest to losing in because Arsenal were all over them in that game but they've been going about it with a quiet efficiency so They've they're winning matches and playing and and getting all good results and they're well up there in the title race, but they're not playing at the level that they're capable of. So it's difficult to know what to expect when you're playing them. They make no mistake, they are a very good team. They they are a very good team anyway, and they're a very good big game team. They've got a lot of big game players. We know this more than anyone. So you don't know whether we're going to turn up and the team that usually turns up against Everton um, is going to be this. No nerves, well up for the game, and just Everton have already beaten themselves in their own mind before they take to the pitch. Or the team that turned up against Paris Saint-Germain in the week, who just didn't look themselves, they looked disjointed. They've been really good defensively this season. They didn't look it on Wednesday. Um, So you you don't know. It's known what to expect. I mean... They've got a lot of good players. They've got some real players who can hit you. And they're probably now, at this point, a 90-point team in the league, which is unfortunate for them because now there's also a 100-point team in the league in Man City. But forget for a second that there are local rivals. If we were going into this game against a a team from the other end of the country who played in all all white instead of all red, we'd be going into this game going... This is going to be a really difficult game because they're such a good team. If you take the emotion of the derby out of it, 
this is going to be a tough one. This is probably going to be our toughest game so far this season, even if they are not at their best, because credit where it's due, the team's really strong. I just hope we get a sort of this lesser version of Liverpool, which if you can call it such a thing, then we get the normal all guns blazing big game Liverpool because we mm. can we've got a bit of punch and power ourselves we can hurt teams but not many t- in fact there's only really one team in the league who can really hang with Liverpool when they're at their best and we're not that team unfortunately Max what do you got? I certainly think the game um, is going to be more competitive than it than it has been in recent years I mean we're sixth this time round, you know, we're, and we're looking at decent. We're not, we're not, um, we're not going into this game as a, you know, a battered down underdog. We're, a, you know, we're in a groove of good form, and obviously it's the Anfield hoodoo that we've got to uh, contend with, isn't it? And Terry made a great point earlier in the week where he said, you know, this Everton team that that'll be for pl- playing them on the weekend. A lot of them haven't played Liverpool before, and although we probably said that the season before. Fingers crossed. This is the um, this is the time where they managed to string it together. But um, in regards to Liverpool, I think you look at them from last season to this season. They fixed they fixed their areas of weakness. Um, no problems. No like no problems about it. They got brought in Allison. They brought in Van Dijk. You know they fixed the goalkeeper, fixed the defence. Um, they've kept a lot of clean sheets in the league so far this season. Uh, Jürgen's mighty Reds haven't turned up away from home in the uh, Champions League, and hopefully that bodes well for us. Coming into this weekend, obviously, as Teddy said as well, that um, that performance against PSG wasn't it? Uh, wasn't Liverpool at the sparkling best? But um, I, I hope we can give them a good game. And as I say, it's this inferiority complex that we've got to contend with. That um, if we get a goal, uh, we can't can't we can't with the bed. We've got to um, you know we've got to be strong and puff our chest out and try and play. Rivalries are a weird thing. All right. Um, the best teams treat every game as though it's it's its own thing. Uh, every game is important. There, and when you focus on that, you end up being a consistent club. You end up having consistent effort. You go there. You you execute your game plan. Um, I've been on the end of rivalries where your team gets so excited and put so much on a game that it makes you emotionally vulnerable. You know, you, you, you put so much into it that the minute things don't go your way, it comes crashing down. And it's, uh, then again, I've been on the end of a rivalry when, where we had no business competing against a team. And because we put so much on it, we were able to perform outside of ourselves. Okay, and and we actually, I mean, my my high school soccer team was not very good, and we were playing a nationally ranked team. We should have been beaten, but somehow we beat them. Luck, but hard work, circumstances, being tough up in your brain. So, it's a strange thing. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, good players and experienced players in these type of moments know what's what's needed in a derby. But then I see other people saying we should treat this just as three points. This is this is a game. This is like any other game. Go into it and treat it like it's three points. No, it's I'm, not. I, I, I'm vexed because I feel like a rivalry, the emotional charge that comes with that, it's hard to say it's just like, a, you know, Max, exactly where you're going with that. We, you have, know? we haven't picked up three points against them in 
since what 2010. So I don't know how you could look at this game as just three points, considering mm. we haven't beat them in God knows how long. But um, it's, it's, it's got obviously it's going to be a tight tight pitch. Obviously, that's the big that's a big thing about Anfield that often goes unsaid. Really, it's very chaotic. If you um, when you watch, and that may bode well for the likes of Bernard, Richarlison, Gomez, those players with that tight control and the ability to stay calm, um, which. It, juxtaposes some of the players that we've had in the past, as you say. Some of them might get emotionally carried away and, you know, just might get a bit too heavy on the shoulders, whereas these players that we've got now, they look comfortable. Like, we're in sixth position. I mean, we, we expect to see our team higher than that, but, you know, they look comfortable where they are. They don't seem like they're over overachieving by any stretch. And, you know, hopefully you're going by the, um, the last away results against, the you know, the big six. The Arsenal game, we didn't even have our strongest 11 outs. The United game, we were cheated. And the Chelsea game, you know, we got a point, good performance. And maybe this is the maybe this is the one where we chalk the. So I wanted to clarify something. Uh, and do you think it would actually help if we were to somehow, because we have all these new players. We talked about this before. You guys mentioned it in previous recording about how a lot of these new players have never played Liverpool before. Mm. And their ability to be able to kind of sh- not be aware of the past, not be aware of the the expectations, the 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 pressing need to 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 beat Liverpool, they can just come in and say, "Yeah, it's a big game, but it's just like another big game." I mean, you know, it, would it help us to kind of have more players like that to kind of shed that other mentality, Terry? Well. Max said it before. I touched on it earlier in the week. The it just what he said before. It'll never. It'll never be just another game. It can't. No. No football player in well football would treat a derby like just another game. They can't. They all do. Even Liverpool. Even though they they, they win all the ones against us these days, they won't go into it. Oh, this is just another game because they know this is going to be a different. This is going to be more physical. This is going to be more hotly contested. The difference, hopefully, this year, because we've said things like this in the past where we had all these X factors that, like, well, now we're in good form and they're not, or now we've got this and they haven't, and it, it didn't, on the day, it didn't bear out. But now, it's hopefully, if you look at our recent first 11, there's a lot of players in there, and it's not just they've not got the stigma of losing to Liverpool all the time on them, because not even some of the players who were there last season, like Sigurdsson, um, Pickford, they've got the they've got the stomach for a big game, especially Pickford. You've seen what he was like at the World Cup, yeah. but it's just the mentality not to not to panic. The likes of Andre Gomez, the likes of Yerry Mina, you're hoping that they can come in now and go right. We've got the the mental strength to take you know, to to see out a big game. This is a big game. It's it's you know the fans really want it. This this run we've been on for so long is gone past the point of embarrassing it needs it we're going to beat them eventually again and it, why not now why what what better way could some of these new players do to just endear themselves and this manager as well to the supporters to finally get that monkey off our back of a not beating liverpool at all since 2010 and not beating them around field since 1999 so it's scratch virgin on you know 20 years soon it's <sighs> It's just seeing out those key moments in the games, and you've got. Uh, I'd use Andre Gomez as a good example. He looks like he's he's got the sort of 
sort of steel to go to go through those key moments and he, he'll get the ball and he won't just like shank it out when he, he's under pressure he, you know he'll he'll pull away and he's you know his, his movement's smooth and even though we've had good players in the past that's where they fell down we had good players to play against Liverpool but we treated it like it was this this super game this like everything rides on this and the nerves got to them we were beaten before we take we took to the pitch and the Liverpool players knew it the Liverpool players knew these won it too much and it works against them and that's what I'm hoping stops now because last season amongst all the mess of what went on last season we actually saw an improved showing in the derbies I mean Sam Allardyce took all three of them so you know it's a sort of Pyrrhic victory um, but we didn't seem scared of Liverpool we didn't do well against them it's nothing to write home about getting two draws and a cup defeat but it wasn't the the three and four goal like routes that it had been right. recently it had been an improvement in mentality. It's like, we're going to play them. It's it's a game. They're a good team. Now, that's what I hope comes in. I hope Richarlison and players like that go, now what we're going to do, we're going to show our stuff. We're going to play our game. And they're going to play their game. And we're just going to fight each other in the middle of the ring. And we're going to see who comes out on top. Not us go there and change formation and change all the personnel around to go, right, he's good. So how do we combat him? Okay, let's play Holgate at right wing back. Where he's never played before because we they've got someone really strong down the left so we'll do just don't do any of that it works against you all you do is invite Liverpool on and that's what I'm hoping Silver will just bin it's like it's time, it's time to forget about all that they're a good team but they're not an unbeatable team someone will beat them why not us yeah uh, I've seen it mentioned some people saying maybe we go three at the back and I'm thinking why change something it's the it, it's an over-respect, you know what I mean, that that kind of makes you think, let's change our formation against a team like that. No. No. Let's go with our normal formation. Let's just approach this. And that's, again, it's it's not thinking, hey, this is a really good team. We have to change things and make sure they don't score on us. It's, no, we'll go in. And we'll do our game plan because we deserve to be in this game, damn it. And that's the thing, feeling like you deserve to be there. You know, I think a lot of times uh, the Derby almost means too much to some of the players that we've had. And that's been a problem. But you look at, you know, some of our starters, you know, Richarlison will look and be like, so? He said, yeah, that's Liverpool. I don't care. You know, I I played for Brazil. Did you know I played for Brazil? <laughs> you know what I mean? B- Bernard has played in Champions League matches, a lot of them. And, yes, he's played for Brazil as well. Uh, I mean, a lot of our players have played World Cup matches against elite opposition. The, pe- the players we have lining up now, they play at elite levels. Mm-hmm. And they will look across the pitch and they'll say, eh, they're good. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. I've, played, I've played good teams before. I've been in good games before. Andre Gomez, Mina, Dean, they played for Barcelona, for God's sake. You know what I mean? They they can handle it. So, yeah, I think the mentality of this one is gonna is not going to be the way it has before, at least the mentality. They are good. I mean, if you look at, I mean, the possible starters, Allison, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, Lovren, or is Gomez injured or is he okay to play? No, he played right back against PSG, so I think he's okay. He could play. So I think we could either see Lovren or Gomez slotting in there beside uh, Van Dyke. Um, then Robertson, 
Jeannie Wijnaldum, uh, Milner, Shakiri, Firmino, Mane, Salah, and you could see Nabi Keita come in there. Um, I mean, it's a talented team, and they've had a system, and they've been playing this system for a while now. They have, they've Klopp has figured out how to get all of his players, all, all of his pieces, you know, knowing their roles. Um, Salah and Mane are the two danger people on the attack to me. Um, I just don't want to include Firmino. <laughs> just because he hasn't scored a lot of goals this season, so man. Uh, but Van Dyke on set plays as well. We have learned that's a problem for him. So stick big old, big old Yerry Mina on there. You know, um, predictions, guys, because we have to do it. We do it every time. We have to do it. Max, you seem super excited to give your prediction. 1 0 the Blues. I'm going to be more specific. I'm going to say Luca Dean's going to score. I've got a feeling it's going to be like that Man United game on the Martinez. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be Marco Silva's version of that. All right. Terry? Um, I'm going to go with 1-1. I think it'll be a really tight, really cagey game, and it'll be on as even. I think, yeah, I think it'll be really close, and we'll both come away satisfied with the points and the strength of the game. I always feel dumb picking us to win in big games like this, but I just want to do it. I just do, you know. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 Blues, um, and I think Yerry Mina is going to score the winner, getting like a jumping like a foot higher than everybody else, you know, big header on a corner. I just want to see him dance at Anfield. I just want to see that. I will just take... I will just take Mina staying on the pitch for the whole game. <laughs> he is a walking red card. You say don't consider Firmino, you'll have to because Firmino uh, is trying to get that guaranteed red card off of Jerry Mina. He's been I trying know, to I know. He's been trying to suplex players every time he's been playing and he's good at I just the trauma just from previous derbies leads me to I just feel it in my in my soul that Jerry Mina's gonna get him he's either gonna score that last minute winner off a corner and do his dance or he's gonna get sent off for a stupid avoidable foul against one of their fast attackers. I think he'll be okay. Like I, I feel you know he played for Colombia. He's played he's played against these quick fast attackers before, you know? He fouled though. He fouled those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, and I, really, the Firmino thing is, uh, I don't know. For me, like right now, their most dangerous players, Salah and Mane. You know, in terms of goal scores, um, and all of them are dangerous for falling down in the box. That's a thing. That is a legit thing because water is wet. The Reds win a penalty. Just saying. Um, Andy Robertson versus Twitter cliche. What was that? Sorry, Andy Robertson versus Seamus Coleman will be a massive part of the match, I think. Mm. If Coleman can get a grip of him, it's such a big deal um, because that's Mm. so much of their, at the minute, not all the time, but so much of their play is coming down that left-hand side because... 
whilst some players are not hitting their best, Andy Robertson's actually playing some of his best football. So that right hand, our right hand side and their left could be a key battleground of the will, whole. Will Will Walcott track back and defend, or Lookman or whoever's playing on that side and help out? I think you'll see Adrissa Gay coming back to help Coleman often. That's what I've seen a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we can talk more about that in the next segment. Because that's our starting 11 segment. And that's, that's where we actually talk about our guys. So, anything else on this Derby match preview, guys? Coleman Evans. Yeah. It's got to end sometime. Why not now? All right. So, that is it for our Derby match preview. Three points, please. Please. <laughs> So, guys, starting 11, uh, who's Silva going to go with? Um, I've written down some names. Uh, there's a, I'd say there's a pretty solid chance we all have the exact same names, though. Yeah. All right? Um, it's weird. I think there's a, there's a couple of places, uh, possibilities for uh, uh, changing it up. I think there's two spots in particular that I'm thinking of. Um so let's get started, though. Max, it's your turn to go first. Can you bring yourself to, to pass by the hangover and give us your thoughts on the starting 11? <laughs> Jordan Pickford in goal, Luka Dean at left back, Yeri Mina and Michael Keane at centre half, Seamus Coleman at right back, central midfield, Adrissa Gaian and Andre Gomez, attack, attack in midfield, Gilfie Sigurdsson, a front three of Bernard. Richardson and Walcott. Okay. Let's go to Terry, and then I'll go to me, and then we'll talk about why we're saying these things. Terry. Uh, Jordan Pickford in goal. Uh, Seamus Coleman and Luca Dina fullback. Uh, Centre back Yerry Mina and Michael Keane. Andre Gomez and Idrissa Garnagay in centre midfield. Gilfie Sigurds in attacking midfield. Front three of Bernard, um, Richarlison and Adamola Luckman. Terry throws it down with something different. All right. Um, yeah. Snooze through this. Pickford, Coleman, Keane, Mina, Dean. Idrissa Gay... Andre Gomez, Gilfie, Bernard, Walcott, Richarlison. I'm just going with the same thing Max said. I'm going with the same thing that that has been happening. Terry has inserted Lookman, which is basically the only place I considered. No, no, no. I had one other place I considered tweaking. Okay? So, Terry, if you could give your reasons for starting Lookman. Well... I I think it will be the team that you two have um, have gone with, but the reason I put in Luckman because a lot of people won't change a winning team, and I'm usually of that thinking too. But in this case, you got to, as mentioned in the previous segment that their left hand side is huge right now for where all their goals are coming from. Now on the one hand, you could say, well, why would you put Luckman there? He's not gonna track back and be defensive as much as uh, Coleman, as Walcott will. Now, Walcott's not great at that either, but he's certainly more responsible than Luckman on the evidence we've got so yes. far. But the way I look at it is, if you're thinking who will be better defensively against that part of the pitch, that is p- 
part of the thinking where I think we've been going wrong for so long is paying them a little bit too much respect. Put a really put Luckman there, and you give them something to worry about at a part of the pitch where they're going to be attacking more than they're defending. Andy Robertson cannot go forward at will if he has got Adam Luckman on that side, who has got it in his locker we've seen in recent weeks, to tear some full-backs apart. Now, I'm not suggesting he'll tear Robertson apart. He's an absolutely brilliant player, but he will give them something to worry about. If you've got Walcott there, Walcott's game is to be played in past the last man. So he doesn't pick up the ball and run at the uh, at the fullback. That's not how he does it. He, he seems to attack the space behind. Whereas if we're defending, because we're at Anfield, remember, we're going to defend probably a little bit more than they are. If we're defending and you've got Luckman up at that side, Robertson is going to think twice about bombing on as much as he is. And he's going to pull their, one of their centre-backs, whichever side that is. I think it's Van Dijk. He's going to pull him out to compensate, which could create space in the middle. I don't think Walcott does that. I don't think Walcott gives them anywhere near as much of a headache as Luckman does. Mm. It is a risk. You do run the, you know, it could be he's not responsible enough defensively um, and you could leave yourself exposed down that side. And you also take off a really good bench option in Luckman, which he has proven to be the last couple of uh, games. And he was last year in the... uh, the FA Cup derby came on on the left hand side and, and gave Gomez, who was playing right back that day, an absolute nightmare. That may be the way he goes. I think it will be, but I would just, I'd just sort of get in their face a little bit and go, "No, we're going to play Luckman on the on the uh, the right hand side." Now, Robertson, deal with it, because Robertson and Mane are very attacking as well. So, I don't want to be defence versus attack for them. I want to have something to bring to the party as well, going down that side defensively. And I think Luckman would probably do a little bit more of that. Because don't forget, they actually really rate Luckman because of what he did to Gomez. So they they are worried about Luckman. They, they won't admit they're worried about many players, but any Liverpool fan you speak to will cough to go, that Luckman's a good player. Why don't you play him more? Because mm. mm-hmm. they've seen firsthand what he can do. I was trying to remember whether it was Alexander-Arnold or Gomez that Luckman torched on the left repeatedly. Um, I feel like they subbed whoever it was Gomez. out and brought someone else in. Did they? Who did they bring in for Gomez then? Because I remember them subbing someone because he was just getting skinned alive. It was like it was not even yeah. Um, anyway, that was what I was going to mention was that exact moment mm-hmm. and how good Lookman looked on the left last year. Um, Max. Your reasoning for sticking with Walcott, is it because that's what you think Silva's going to do, but if you were Silva, you would do differently? Or would you stick with Walcott if you were Mr. Manager? I'm prefacing it off that little passage of play that came just before Guilfi Sigurdsson's goal just against Cardiff, where he kind of broke free, recouped the ball, had an average shot that the goalkeeper parried and Sigurdsson knocked in. I just feel like if... You know, if Walcott's going to have one of his games where he's hot on the heels, quick to close everything down, to chase, then particularly with their defence, you know, obviously, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world to get beat by Paris Saint-Germain, but they're not going to be full of confidence after that midweek game. So, you know, but I, I, I believe when you were saying there were two positions on the pitch where, you know, are, are up for contention. For me, it was at both sides, but, you know, both, both wide positions. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't think against Cardiff, I don't think Bernardo or Walcott did enough to to merit I agree. a starting place. However, it, as Teddy said, Luckman is a really, really good option to come off the bench. But at the same time, you see the impact that he had, for example, in the FA Cup game. But you think if you start him in that game, and if he, he plays kind of, you know, chains free, and, you know, plays off the chain and he, you know, expresses himself, which he clearly did when he came on, he can cause havoc. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can find a bit more um, of a clinical edge in our game because we lacked that a lot against Cardiff, I thought. I don't think we, um, you know, we didn't, I mean, in terms of expected goals and certainly should have scored a lot more and um, at Anfield it's a place where if you're going to create expected goals you've got to take them uh, I think a part of that edge that was missing something uh, they were packing so far back I kept on thinking why do we look so sloppy why do we keep missing passes by like this much you know what I mean it was always just that last ball that would get into the box that we were missing by you know a foot to like three or four yards off and it and I think a big part of that is they were they were packing back they were not pressing they were just bringing it back and that's a lot more people in the passing lanes that makes it a lot tougher Liverpool's not going to do that they're not going to do that they're going to be going out after us I actually think that if we can keep our brain about us while defending and trying to keep ourselves organized defensively, if we can if we can quickly counter and make those passes quickly with some precision, which I actually think we might, I think we could be okay. Mm. All right, I just don't think they're they're not going to respect us as much as Cardiff did. They're not because that's not what they do anyway. You know, they go out there, they go straight for the throat. We're kind of a weird mix like we press some but we're not a pressing all-out pressing high pressing team is like the way they are we're different you know it's not the same type of press um i think our physical preparation for this game is absolutely essential and i think liverpool how the reason they are so good is because jürgen klopp's kind of evolved this team in, into you know a team of athletes you you, you know mm-hmm. Each player in the in their starting eleven, you know, strong, fast, powerful, and they can they can you know they can get they can hit you for ninety minutes. They can hit you for hundred and twenty, and you know we we have you know a history of falling short in big moments, and that is something that needs to change. Yeah, and it's their it's their urgency. They press, they win the ball, and as soon as they win the ball, they win it in a place where they want to win it, and they immediately know, okay, I need to play here or here or here. Depending on where the defense is, we're going to have men sitting there making those diagonal runs into space because that's what their th- their front three always love to do. Mm. And which, which is that's one of the things like everywhere I was checking was talking about how Shakiri would start, and I was thinking, well, normally last season they would have had three in the midfield and three up front, you know what I mean? But the, the the lineup I said in the last one was from a few websites kind of cobbled together, and that actually has just two and then three and then Salah up front. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I'll be curious to see how they how they approach that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, one of the things that I mentioned that I was actually thinking, uh, Max, when you're talking about both sides, 
you're right, Bernard did not. Bernard looked like he was more successful right before he came off. It's like he finally started hitting a stride in the second half, and by that time, it was time to take him off, which was interesting. Um, he hasn't really, he hasn't looked phenomenal, but he's still creating opportunities to score. He's creating chances. That's still something that's happening. Um, but I'll be curious if Tosin gets in, if DCL gets in, in order to put Richarlison on the wing. That's kind of, that's something, when you were talking about the sides, that's the other position I was thinking of, was the striker position in order to swap the side. So really I meant three. Mm. <laughs> three players. Uh, one leads to the other and domino effect. So... Do we feel like uh, Mina and Keen are quick enough to deal with their attack? No, <laughs> I've got to be honest. But, I don't think uh, anyone is though. That, like, there's a lot of teams have struggled with the pace of their their front players, but it's it's not about that. You can, you can might as well you know you can wish for anything. You're not going to wish for the players to be faster. It's just how you set up against them. It's if we're going to play our own game, we play quite a high line, and high our defense is built around one v one battles. I think Alan Stubbs touched on it with Yerry Mina that he's got the physical presence and the sort of um, the tools needed to win one on one sort of defensive versus attacker situations. And I think there's going to be a lot of that. So it's it's mm. it's not about it's not even about pacing really. It's about you know reading the game and the anticipation, being there before they are. So if you can keep your shorts clean. If you're a defender for Everton in this game, then you've done a good job. See, I mentioned that because some people have said that because of pace, because Zuma has more pace than Keane, possibly putting Zuma in there instead of Keane. I think when you get to that point, though, you're almost overthinking things, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, And it really is about your system. The way we set up, the way uh, that, that kind of defensive setup that we brought against Chelsea the way we just kind of we didn't really press near midfield we just dropped back and closed down those passing lanes i think you'll see us do playing around with those those kind of concepts trying to like be be really you know compact and not really trying to spread ourselves out and give them none of those lanes being really careful in those areas where they want to press i feel like they're pressing they love to press the fullbacks uh, kind of just beyond the box, between the box and midfield. That's where they love to put that pressure. So I'll be curious to see how we deal with that. I think Andre Gomez is a huge part of this, guys. Mm-hmm. A huge part of being able to combine and getting us out of those spaces. Um, Same goes for Idrissa yeah. Gay, I think. I think Idrissa Gay is, mm-hmm. you know, our most naturally gifted athletic player. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by by right, that makes him, you know a real important part of this game. And fingers crossed he has a good one. He's the one I see dropping back a lot in this one. When you were talking about how we set up Terry and I'm talking about adjusting to cutting down passing lanes, he's the one I specifically see pulling back every time they start wanting to combine. Um, Yeah. I don't know, guys. Um, Anything else on our starting 11? I, I couldn't think. I feel like there's nothing else that can really be debated though in terms of uh lineup in terms of player personnel um i do think lookman it would be nuts not to play him in that game this weekend um he's getting a lot of 
press about possibly starting. If he starts, that's awesome. I just feel like he's way more potent off the bench. You know what I mean? Uh, I love him off the bench. I, I like the idea of having a serious upgrade in intensity. I just don't know. I, I feel like you don't get that in Walcott right now yet. You know? Um, God, such a tough conversation, man. Because, Terry, you gave some really good reasons to play Luckman from the beginning. I mean, that, that's what I do. I do. I do think they'll go with what you said and we'll just uh, we'll probably see that Luckman, Calvert-Lewin, Tosin sort of dice roll sub towards the end of the game. I mean, could be that if we're, if we're chasing the game or if we, it could be you bring Zuma on and go to, the, go to the back three or the back five if you're trying to defend a lead. But um, it's good to have options on the bench yeah. either way because... Yeah. You, you can change the game. That's something that we haven't had for a while, and, and not just specific to this game. It's it's helped us a lot this season. I've actually having good players, not just ca- you know capable players. They can come in and fill a spot. No, actually, you can bring Adam Ola Luckman and Tosin on, who will completely offer something different to who they replace him. That could be key because yeah. they get it'll be the the small margins that will decide the game. I think. I just love Luckman's. Like his determination to take people on this season, specifically. He's just looking across at the opposition and saying, I'm going to go around you. I may go this way to the middle. I may go around. But if it, if the fact that his confidence this season, once he's got his head on straight, he has looked just dangerous. And we need somebody who can kind of unlock, you know, someone who can do that on the dribble if it's not with the pass. Because mm. um, mm. I don't think we have, we still don't have a ton of players that can do that yet so all right guys i guess that's it for our starting 11 segment uh for the derby this weekend um a lot of similar names i think lookman is the one big thing that's a lot of discussion and whether or not we'll see richarlison go in for bernard because bernard hasn't been over the top brilliant every game he's been all right This is a memorable Darby Heroes segment. And I want to preface this, okay? Because I've been following Everton since like 2012, maybe? Uh, because they just weren't on TV, you know? It's just they didn't play Everton games on TV in America. It's just not something that happened. Uh, so I don't have a lot of Darby Heroes to spout off, you know? And we were talking off camera. You know, I could say, oh, that Jagielka goal was killer, right? It was a draw. It wasn't a win. It was a draw. We're talking about a series where the clubs are equal. You know what I mean? So we're not going to sit there and act like, okay, we get a draw. Oh, that's great. We're so lucky to have our draw. He's a hero. He gave us our draw. We're not going to do that. So that's not what this segment's about. All right? Mm-hmm. So... I'll be asking these guys some questions, and they're going to be telling me what it's like <laughs> to have uh, to have a, a, a Derby hero, uh, you know? Because we should be winning some of these. It's not this is not the way it should be. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Mm. So, Terry, it's your turn to start off. Can you give me a, a particular instance in which you would say yes? 
that person was a Derby hero for me. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go for the obvious one. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to try just because I'm a little bit older than Max to go further back than than Max. Typically. I was going to ask if you could do that actually. Mm. So because there's a couple of people who Max is going to like, who's going to pick, and I could pick, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a nice guy and let him have them. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go for Lee Parsley just for a moment, not for the derby in general, but. The first derby victory I saw uh, was the Lee Carsley derby. Now that's I got into football quite late, so I was a teenager by then. Mm. Um, but I went to the game. It was nothing like now, but we hadn't beaten Liverpool for a while. Like Liverpool, we were it was early early Moyes era. I think it was the season we finished fourth. Two thousand four. Yeah, the, for two thousand four five. It was the Goodison derby first, wasn't it? Um, so. What more can be said? It was just a tight game. Liverpool at the time were not the Liverpool of today. They were still a good team, don't get me wrong. They were still in the top, you know, sort of echelons of the league. But it being so... Yeah. So, uh, for you people listening, um, Terry's stomach is growling. And it sounds a lot like a cat. But he's just hungry. That's all it is. He's just hungry. Bear with him. It's definitely not his cat hanging out, yeah. prowling around. We would never be so unprofessional. <laughs> it's adorable. I'm leaving this in, by the way, because I, I, I like random little... <laughs> but keep going. Sorry, sorry, Terry. Keep going, man. I didn't want to break your, your role you did, there. You did it at first, and I thought I got away with it, but um, yeah. I'm gonna... I tried to just let it run, mm. just in case, but yeah, anyway. If people are listening, just... Hey, enjoy the soothing sounds of Terry's cat. Just saying, all right? He's a good egg. <laughs> she actually will sit and watch football if it's on the telly sometimes. So she's an Evertonian cat at the very least. Yeah. Hey. Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just the, for that moment, just that, it, it, the relief of winning the first derby for a while. And it was it was a good strike as well. He picked it up outside the area. And he bends it round the defender, Chris Kirkland, the Liverpool keeper. It he, he was enormous. He could have really got to it, but because he was um, his line of sight was blocked, he sees it too late. So the ball goes round him, and it just felt like from I was sitting behind the goal in the Gladys Street that day. It felt like it took an eternity to cross the line. And at that time, we were in a run of form where we were. It was the peak David Moyes. We were really solid and really strong. So we won about five or six games in that half of the season, one nil, and we just sort of there was just an air around Goodison Park that if we went a goal in front, that was it. We weren't going to concede again. We were so resolute. We were so wow. like stubborn in defence. And when the ball hit the net, it was like we're going to win this game. We won't concede because we don't concede once we go 1-0 up. If we're going to lose, we concede first and we have to chase the game. We were such a strong unit. And it's just... it's it's Unfortunately, there haven't been enough moments like that since, but you can't take take that away from anyone. That was... It was such a... It's just a massive outpouring of relief. Oh, we've, we've beat Liverpool. We've got that monkey off our back. It'd been a couple of years. Mm. Little did we know that in the future it was going to get worse, but at that time, it was great. I mean, it just... to win this one coming up it'll be that times 10 wow uh so terry starts us off with lee carsley um 
2004, I think that's what you said. So, Max, where are you going to take us? Um, I feel I'll give a, I'll give a quick shout out to a few of my dad's heroes, to be honest, because my dad's actually seen some good players that have won derbies convincingly for us. So, like Andrei Kanchelskis and Graham Sharp, he loves the bonds of them. But um, obviously, for me, you know as well, it's my favorite game of all time. I went with my dad, the um, the FA Cup fourth round. Is this the like, Gosling? The Gosling derby, Dan Gosling. Yeah. Just some kid come off the bench. I think it was like two minutes before it went to penalties and we all knew we'd get beat on penalties because they had like Torres, Alonso, Gerard, all these players that could take set pieces. Um, Gerard got subbed off that game. Lucas Leiva got sent off. Everything just kind of went our way. And that goal, I'll never forget it. Like You could hear a pin drop in the stadium when the ball left his foot to the moment it touched the back of the net and then the, the stadium just erupted. Absolutely erupted. Um and yeah, I think he, he, he. I mean, I don't like the way he left. Eventually, left the club, but that's always going to be a fond memory for him. Yeah. Uh, anybody who's been listening to the show, watching this show for a while, knows that I have a a, a fondness for Yelovich. You know, and anybody who's listening and watching for this for this long also knows Max's affinity for that particular game, and. Uh, Every time Max gets talking about it, I, I, I get super jealous that I was not watching at that point because it just, yeah. Because, I mean, if it's, if I mean, that's a, that's your favorite, man. Mm. That's, that's a serious imprint on you. No, no, I, I think it was a, it was midweek as well, I think, because mm-hmm. I remember I went to, I was in me nan and granddad's before the game. I'd gone straight from school to me nan and granddad. I was only in, like, primary school. Um, my mum had left me a, like, a change of clothes to get picked up by my dad to go to the game. So he sorted me out like a new outfit and that didn't bring me shoes so I had to wear my school shoes to the bloody game um, <laughs> so I, I remember going, obviously going the game um, sat with my dad in the family enclosure uh, absolutely incredible and then we went to the um, Black Horse on County Road after the game and my dad turned around and he went that's like getting a bit of shit off your shoe that's been on your shoe for absolutely ages mm. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like and that's what it feels it's like it's so like, good like you, you fast forward to the likes of 2010 when when Timmy Cale and Mikel Arteta scored, like that's what it feels like. It you know feels like you can fight, you know, you're ahead of them. But it, it disappoints me because I feel like around that era, they say I'd say Moyes' last two seasons because then uh, his last two seasons we finished above them, and from after then they just kind of went upwards and Tottenham went upwards and we just kind of stayed at that kind of nearly men level but um you know hopefully with the uh, the team that we've got now the uh, the back and stuff we can try and catch up so to speak but um a quick, a quick thing about that derby as well that cup derby is a little little thing little sweetener for that for that win was that was around the time that Benitez had once again made a fool of himself and he you know caught in the previous derby early in the year one of the league derbies we frustrated him in some way by um, sort of locking them out and he said that he, he said oh that's what small clubs do when they, they play us and so on displaying a shock and lack of knowledge about English football thinking Everton are a small club forget mm. the rivalry if you think Everton are small you don't understand English football and obviously that became a thing then and Liverpool fans latched onto it but the thing that was good at that time was he bemoaned how we played for a draw or we defended against Liverpool and in that extra time the same season 
he'd started setting up for penalties. He was like defending, trying to squeeze the game off of penalties. Like, oh, I thought it was only small clubs who go defensive. And there you are, desperately trying to get to penalties, and this goal's just stopped that. It was just, it was nice to beat them, but it was extra nice to stick it to that idiot. Mm, definitely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. So, uh, Terry, you have a, do you have anything else you wanna, you wanna add in terms of Derby heroes that stick out for you? Yeah, I, I won't even. I can't even think of a specific moment because there's there's a couple. But I'm just going to throw in. You can't have any discussion about Derby heroes in the modern era without mentioning Duncan Ferguson. He was on the the end of some poor results against Liverpool in his time as well. But there was an uh, an era, even when his career was winding down, where Duncan Ferguson was the man to fear in the Merseyside derby even Liverpool's players some of the better ones they had will openly admit now Jamie Carragher has even said he used to hate Ferguson playing in the derby especially if he was coming off the bench or something like that because he knew he was in for a fight Duncan Ferguson got the derby and he got Everton he used to rough up their players he'd knock Sammy Hippier onto his arse he'd you know he, he scored a few uh, derby goals in his time as well it's just I think that I think that's a big reason why he was loved so much and still is by Everton supporters because of his records and his performances in Merseyside derbies. He turned up for the Merseyside derby in a time where even into the re- the more modern era where it wasn't a given for everyone. So you know some players do go missing in the derby. He never did. He mm. took the fight to Liverpool even if he wasn't technically as good as a lot of their players. His passion got him through and. That's what fans connected with him so much because he had the passion that we've got. So Duncan Ferguson needs to be mentioned in any discussion about Derby heroes. Yeah, he's somebody that uh, was allowing his emotion to kind of make his play better, you know, rather than allowing his emotion to overtake him and and kind of it's this is what we we were talking about in the previous video uh, about how it's easy to to get overly emotional. And you want to play hard, and you end up getting red carded like that. Romeo, you know, I think. Mori. Yeah, Funes Mori is the first first one I thought of. Yeah, you know, just somebody who was so wanting so badly to be one of those those Derby heroes, and it's just a such a misguided tackle to go in to go in like that, and then and then act like you just scored the winner. Um, it, it just put us in such a worse scenario, being a man down. Uh, but Duncan Ferguson, somebody who can use that physicality and think, "Now screw this. We deserve to be here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dominate you physically, mm. instead of you know, I'm gonna dominate you physically, but be smart about it, you know, and not let my head, you know, fall off my shoulders while I'm doing it." Mm. Um, yeah, Everton uh, just today released a video that was. Anfield, uh, Everton goals, like Derby goals, and there's a there's a good Duncan Ferguson one on there. The one from Arteta to Cahill, it was a free kick that Cahill just kind of gets in there and flicks. That was nice. Uh, that, that was the um, that was the 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 like the fifth, the fourth round. That was the FA Cup game before the uh, yeah. the, the Gosling replay. Yeah. Mm. I remember that it was because sweet goal. Did, didn't one of their stewards try and prevent? Kale from going over to the corner flag or something like that. Like, I didn't see like, that. Nah, but, um, no, I can't remember. Sure, it was something like that, but I, I'm surprised his name hasn't been 
mentioned and discussed in depth because I'm, I'm sure I, 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 only Dixie Dean scored more than, than mm. Tim Kyle in Merseyside Derby it's like Tim Kyle's similar to this you know that similar ilk of Duncan Ferguson where mm. kind of wears his emotion on his sleeve and handles it well well, at the so, beginning of the video, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to say, oh, I'll go further back. So I was like sort of laying off Tim Kale as a suggestion to mm. you. Know, I knew that he was going to come up just because he was the man for Merseyside. Yeah. Big, the, the, the most, such a big game player. And I don't think we've had one since, unless there's one in our team now that we're yet to see. But he lived for the big game. And we've missed that ever since. He, Everyone knew what he was going to do every game. He was going to ghost in on corners. He was going to you know, find space in the box and score a header. And they still couldn't stop him. They knew every time. Watch him on set pieces and watch him in the air. It didn't work. They, he, and there was, there was goals he scored. Didn't he score or he assisted um, either him or Lescott scored in front of the cop and they both just mm. stood and looked at the cop and it was just like... <laughs> <laughs> I love, love a bit of needle. Love it. <laughs> Cahill's the player that I'm angry I didn't get to watch enough games because when I watch highlights, and I know how he plays because I saw him, I've seen him play since he's left Everton, often. You know, I've seen him play a lot. He's just the scrappy guy that plays bigger than he is. It literally, it just, uh, he's just one of those guys, it, it seems like he's almost all heart. And, and I'm so angry I came into it just after he left, like just after I think I, I got to see maybe a few games, but not that many. I think I, I think he's because he's one him. of my favorite players to watch. Yeah, same same for me. Obviously, one of the, the childhood heroes, really. But I, I think he deserves a bit more technical credit because you look mm. back. I think it was that two thousand and four, two thousand and five season. He was absolutely fantastic. The goals he'd turn and uh, you know how, just how effective he'd be up front. Uh, for something like he'd be put up front as, as a lone striker sometimes when he wasn't even a striker um, mm-hmm. that's kind of going to draw me to me next Derby hero being Andy Johnson 2006 mm-hmm. 3-0 love that <laughs> that was great just quickly on on Kale before we move on I just I, it, the biggest sort of shame about Tim Kale was he never won a trophy at Everton because I think if he did no one would hesitate to call him an Everton legend. He's absolutely loved by everyone, but I think people, because he didn't win anything, are a little bit hesitant to put that word and put him in the on him and put him in the company of some of the players who did. He was brilliant. Uh, every supporter loved him. He lived and breathed the club. He was a great player, but just that one thing missing was he he was never in the team that won a won a trophy. And if he had been, he'd be up there with all the others. He'd be of that era. If they, if anyone in that era would have stood out and said, oh yeah, the whole team who won the FA Cup or something in whatever year, Duncan Ferguson gets remembered for the 1995 and Amakachi, but not the whole team. If we'd have won, say, in 2009 and from the FA Cup final, the only players who would have come out of that and said they're Everton legends probably would have been Kale and Arteta, despite everyone else having a part in it. But they would have been remembered as a, as the, the legends of that time, maybe Pienaar, but Kale the most. Mm. Yeah, uh, Max, you're totally right about his technical ability tending to be overlooked. I think about that World Cup goal. You mm. know the one I'm talking about. Japan. That that volley. Oh, no, the, the, um, the one against Holland. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I thought that when you said it, Jerry. That was the one I thought. What? I'm sorry, but you sit there and you see him get all these scrappy goals, but then you see him do something so technically proficient that is textbook and what the hell. Sorry, that is just, yeah. He he made good highlight. He gave good highlight, old Tim Cahill. Just, mm. just saying. So talk about Andy Johnson really quick. Uh, that's We may have to wrap up with that because show's ballooning. So uh, describe why you're, why you're uh, you said 3-0. Yeah, uh, he, he scored two in a 3-0 win. He made Jose Reina look a bit of a prick. It's fantastic. Um, ran away celebrating like that. Uh, stuff of dreams. As I say, I'm 2006. How old am I? There, like, I don't know. Still only a young kid. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I suppose it's more kind of childhood affection rather than logic. But, you know, it, we, we haven't won near enough as what we should have against that demo. Hmm. Uh, anything else on Derby Heroes, guys? There's there's more names I'm sure we could be mentioning, but I, I wanted to make sure this was tailored to you guys and your personal experiences, rather than just kind of vague, you know. Because we're we're getting a lot of story about you here too. Because Max, the fact that you mentioned Andy Johnson, you, you know. I feel like that tells us a little bit about how old you were at that time, and I don't know. That's a good little character moment. Mm. I like that. You know, um, got to mention Yelovich as well. Uh, oh, just because I was—I mean, it's the way it, it's, it's like on the record. It's the worst football match I've ever attended in my life, and I don't think anything will ever come close to it. Uh, that two-one loss in the semi-final, but that moment where Yelovich puts us puts us one up. I was at Wembley. I just remember turning around. And just, just, people are just going absolutely nuts. Um, you know, I don't think Sylvan Distan could ever lift that down what he did. But, um, and I actually know about that one. I, I, I remember somebody mentioning it, and I went back and I did some research and watched a lot of videos. Yeah, yeah. that one's a shame. Hurts every time you watch it. Ugh. Talk about anything else. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, I guess that's uh, that's it for our Derby Heroes segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, which is the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Max in a cage match of Everton Wit and Might. This time, it's going to be a number conundrum, which is something that I wasn't really familiar with, and I had to get Quizmaster John to explain it to me. So eventually, it's like an Everton trivia math problem. All right? So, you know those things you had in maths class when you were in school, and you you got sick of it, and yeah, we're bringing it back. (laughs) You know you hated it in school? We decided to do it now for fun. It's wicked, John. I'm just saying. Quizmaster John, I'm talking to you. Yeah, wicked. Um, so this uh, this number conundrum uh, deals with its its stats. Its stats, you'll be cued with uh, uh, a, a particular Everton statistic, and then you'll have to add it, subtract it, multiply it, whatever, against another Everton statistic. And so, yeah, there's four parts to this, I believe. Um, or four specific answers in order to give your final answer and i expect you guys to show your work 
No, I'm just, I just wanted to say that like a math teacher. Um, so, uh, guys, so if we could go ahead. Uh, do you have any questions, first of all? Any, any questions, guys? Is this relatively straightforward? Yeah, that's fine by me. Um, by statistics, like, are you just going to fire out random percentages and just be like, what's this? Or are we getting a bit, bit like, background information on them? Or It'll be something like, give the number of appearances Ross Barkley <sighs> made against, you know, Chelsea, uh, and add that to the number of goals that Seamus Coleman has scored against, I don't know, Huddersfield. I, yeah, I, that, it's that kind of word problems. Nice. Okay. okay, so it'll make more sense when I'm giving actual statistics that mean something rather than yeah. grabbing shit out of the air. All right, <laughs> all right. So, anything else, guys? Are you ready? I think Matt. All right, ready as he'll ever be. He's uh, he's quite hungover, isn't he? So, <laughs> yeah, man. This is this is uh, Max's kryptonite today. Mm. So, it's dark. If he we performs today, then he just is. Solved. Don't know what that's about. <laughs> Got enough on me, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Hey, I'm just the messenger. All right, John, you you hear the grievance? All right, so uh, cue intense quiz music, and there it is. So, part one of the question: the minute Kevin Campbell scored in the one nil win at Anfield in 1999, multiply that times. The amount of goals Lukaku scored against Liverpool overall. Oh. I should know that, but I don't. Then, add the minute Dan Gosling scored for Everton in their FA Cup win over Liverpool in 2009. Then, divide that by the amount of goals Tim Cahill scored against Liverpool. I will repeat that. I'm assuming you want me to. Yeah. The minute Kevin Campbell scored in the 1-0 win of Anfield in 1999. Multiply that times the amount of goals Lukaku scored against Liverpool overall. Then add the minute Dan Gosling scored for Everton in their FA Cup win over Liverpool in 2009. Then divide that by the amount of goals Tim Cahill scored against Liverpool. And I'm beginning the timer now. I'm literally that hungover. I can't do this sum that's in front of me. Like, I don't know the answer. I'm looking at it and it's just like markings on a page, dude. Well, think, well, think hard because the countdown music is counting down right now. Isn't that like... Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. <laughs> IT crowd, thank you for teaching me about countdown. <laughs> Are we good? Do we have answers? Don't have an answer. You guys have all the answers, right? I've got a sum for you. I haven't got an answer. Good. A sum is good. Yeah, I think I'm ready. All right. Max Max is not ready at all. No. He's got a number, but he hates that number. Uh, <laughs> right now, Max sort of hates all it's numbers. It's got all decimals and shit in it. It's not, um, <laughs> it's not perfect. All right. Um, so... The minute Kevin Campbell scored in the 1-0 win at Anfield in 1999. He said this the other day, right? he the fourth. 
Okay. Max says it's the fourth. Mm-hmm. Terry? I, yeah, I thought it was the fourth. I believe you are both correct. You remembered. That was nice. Look at how we learned from our previous. Yeah, that's beautiful. So next, multiply that times the amount of goals Lukaku scored against Liverpool overall. How many goals has Lukaku scored against Liverpool? Is it, is it three? I had three. Terry says I, three. I've written down three, but I'm thinking four now, maybe. Um, well, well, so you said three? Yeah, I, and I you said, said three. three. Don't, yeah, I said three. I've written three, okay. but I'm thinking four now for some reason. Well, guys, guys, both of you are right. Fair enough. That's correct, both of you. Well done. Then add the minute Dan Gosling scored for Everton in their FA Cup win over Liverpool in 2009. What minute? 118, because it was yes. two minutes before the end. Are you kidding me? Yes. I that vividly. Both of you guys, this is, at this point, regardless of what happens, that's pretty impressive, guys. Yeah. That's pretty damn impressive. Because it was two minutes this before last penalties. One, two minutes before Yeah, penalties. two minutes before penalties. That's what I remembered it for. Guys, the fact that you've got the three of the numbers right is it's impressive. Okay? So this is maybe where this starts to go haywire, maybe. Uh, then divide that by the amount of goals Tim Cahill scored against Liverpool. Against Liverpool. Mm. I tried to remember them all, and I think I, I've got eight. Did he score eight in his whole career against Liverpool? Well, it's at Everton career. Max? I... It's the reason why my old sums just not solved. I just put tw- I put twelve because obviously I kind of you hear that stat that he's you know you know no other, no other Everton player scored more than than you know Dixie Dean. You just think like well, must have been a fair few, but I've got a feeling it'll be a eight. Probably right. So the correct answer. Let's hold off on that. I want to hear your totals. Okay. Terry, four times three plus 118 divided by eight equals. Um, well, I used the calculator, sorry. So it was 20, That's okay. 26.75, so you could round up and say 27. Max. You'd ever try dividing 118 by 12? <laughs> not not in the past five minutes, no. Um, I did yesterday, but I just don't remember what, what came out. <laughs> what was it? I, I don't know. I, I, I saw decimals and just shut down straight away. So, you know, I'm like, I'm literally giving it on a silver platter to Teddy. Congratulations. I've literally not got an answer. <laughs> You're not even going to say a number? You're not going to say yourself? I'm not even going to try and guess what 118 divided by 12 is, Teddy. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I, to be fair, I did use a calculator for that. I wouldn't have just... <laughs> Jerry said, get your calculators ready. I took them at face well, value. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, I don't think it mattered. Because Tim Cahill evidently scored five goals against five. Liverpool. Oh, what? I feel like that. Okay. Making the total for all of that... Four times three is twelve plus one hundred eighteen equals one thirty divided by five equals twenty six. Twenty six is your total. Terry's total being twenty six point seven five. Pretty damn close. All right. Max's unknowable number, which you know we may never know. 
That's all right. That's all right. And guys, I still th- say this is a good show. Good show for you guys. Um, good showing. Well done. And uh, so great. In fact, I somehow lost my pen in celebration. So, um, Terry, um, king of the hair band, uh, but not the same kind of hair band, Max. Not the same kind. Uh, king of hair band, dad rock, Terry, what are you picking for us to close out to? I think I will have Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. I know a little Motley Crue. I do not know Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Yeah, it's one of the more well-known ones, I think. Um, but yeah, I just had a quick glance through. I I got so used to not winning these that I stopped preparing songs beforehand. <laughs> I, I, the first couple of times, I, I had that kiss one in the in the back <laughs> about I don't know at least three or four shows, and I didn't <laughs> win the one. And the la- I won the last two and not been prepared and gone. Oh, I need a song. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, why? What's so great about Kickstart My Heart? Um, it's a good song. It's um. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> That's literally it. You, you ask why. The reason is, like I just said, because I panicked, not anticipating winning because of Max's record. I thought I've won one recently, so that's me done for a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, and Max has um, he spiked himself against the uh, before the uh, for the quiz. So he's uh, I've I've won by default. Like on The Simpsons, where Homer imagines how he's going to beat uh, Dredrick Tatum, and uh, <laughs> a heart defect fells him moments huh. before he steps in the ring. That's that's pretty much what actually happened. Then I got in the, <laughs> I've got in the ring. I'm not at to fight. <laughs> nice. So, if this song were on a moment with the soundtrack to a movie moment, what would be happening in that movie moment? Oh, lots of drugs. <laughs> Lots of drugs. I think it's about drugs, actually. I think it's about uh, someone who clinic either either Nicky Six, a member of the band, or Slash from Guns N' Roses. It's one of them. I can't remember which one, but it needed to have a shot of adrenaline because his heart had stopped. I think it's Nicky Six, um, and that's what kickstart my heart comes from. Um, don't quote me on that, but, but yeah. So it's not. So it's not like lots of drugs, like. You know, you got a cold and go get some cough syrup and some, you know, decongestant. Uh, it's it's more, oh my God, we're going to get effed up tonight and they will have to kickstart my heart yeah. in order for us to, you know, when we're at the end of this. So, yeah. 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 It's... Terry... I'm wondering what hardcore party Terry was like a long time ago. That's <laughs> Terry's like, no, it's like that now. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's definitely the cough syrup and that now. That's me too. Me too. I gotta get some Tylenol. My lungs are hurting. <laughs> my my inhaler for my asthma. Yeah, that's that's my life right now. It's really, I I turned it into that. Uh, the guy from Family Guy, uh, the the drugstore owner, the uh, oh hi, how you doing? What is it? Uh, yeah. oh. My my hemorrhoids are burning right now. It's very Woody Allen, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So as we listen to Rotney Motley Crew and uh, another 
another crazy turn by Terry. Congratulations, Terry, um, on your win. Max, we hope you recover uh, physically and emotionally. We hope you'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> Max just, you should, I, I just, people on the podcast, you should have seen Max's face when he found out this was a math one. It was just utter loathing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> anyway, well, as we listen to Motley Crue, I want to say thank you to everybody. It's the end of the big show. Um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you uh, please subscribe to the Top of Blues podcast, rate it if you can. Leave us a, a kind review that that says thanks for all these 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 awesome music you know recommendations. Um, now I know what Dad Rock is. Yeah. Um, so uh, also please check us out on YouTube, the Top of Blues YouTube channel. Uh, slowly growing the subs. It's Kind of a kind of a cool thing. So please check us out there if you want to look at our faces while we speak. Um, check out Max on uh, the Toffee Blues website. He uh, adds analysis on there. Um, also, check out uh, Terry on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. Both those guys, uh, they don't just appear and contribute on this show. They, they have other lives in which they contribute uh, football analysis. So check them out there. Um, check out the Toffee Blues website where there's a lot of Everton analysis by other contributors that show up here as well uh so check that out follow the topic blues on twitter facebook and instagram i uh, i think that's about it you might see max on premier league productions coming up so that's a thing uh he went to anfield uh so you might see him talking about the derby um heck you might see me and my kid on nbc sports talking to bernard all kinds of weird stuff has been happening for our toffee blues guys so Check that out if you can. Um, I guess that's it, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Terry, thank you for another Dad Rock suggestion. I I look forward to hearing it. Anytime. Always a pleasure. Max, recover, my friend. I will. I need to get my first meal of the day down. To be honest, I'll be all right. All right. Guys, much love to you. Thanks so much. Um, I hope the Derby goes smoothly and and we, we don't hate ourselves afterward. I think that's a pretty rational thing to ask for. So, uh, guys, thanks again. Take care. Everybody else out there, enjoy Motley Crue. C-O-Y-B. And bye-bye.